It is the Dynasty Podcast Panelcast series, featuring industry panels recorded live throughout the city of Chicago. My name is Haima Black. I host this podcast at DynastyPodcast.com. This week, Breaking Through the Noise, Getting Heard in the Social Media Age Live Industry Panelcast, recorded live at Public Hotel and featuring Joe Calderon, Brian Reed, Adam Hirsch, and Brittany Bowen. Here's how that sounds. Thank you, everyone who came out tonight. We're calling this series Industry Interactive. My name is Haima Black. I am the host of Dynasty Podcast. It's the longest-running music podcast in Chicago history. And I am going to be moderating tonight with a fantastic panel here. We have Michael Wing hosting and running AV from Autograph and Future Factory. Joe Calderon from Calderon Marketing. Am I right? Brittany Bowen from Side by Side PR. Adam Hirsch from founder of Run the Trap and uh, Brian Reed, birthday boy, and also of Ronin Management NPR. So that's a really quick intro, but I'm gonna let each panelist here really go into who they are, what they do, and what their background is in the music space. So I'm Joe Calderon. Uh, I work with mainly, so I'm the owner of Calderon Marketing. It's a great marketing company of one person, which is me. Uh, I do all the internet marketing for Spy Bar Chicago. Uh, I used to do it for Castle, Wave From Music Festival, River West Music Festival, uh, BPM Music Festival, and then the new company Paradigm Presents. So uh, work mainly with kind of like the house music genre, uh, deep house, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we just call it good music. So um, that's really it. Hi, I'm Brittany Bowen. I am a publicist at Side by Side Meet PR. Technically, it's just a collective with me and Jake says. Um, and we do all types of music. I mostly do the handle of the EDM, so I do anything from bass to you know, trap to house, and then he does a lot more hip hop, but we also have reached into indie and rock and a little bit of metal. Um, yeah, I also tour manage and um, do merchandise management, and I work for Cornerstone Agency, which is the sister company of the theater. So marketing is totally my life. And then I'm Adam Hirsch, founder of RunTheTrap.com and Two Future. It's a new sub-brand, you know, that we're we're developing right now as well. So, you know, as you know, Run the Trap is bass music, trap music focused, um, and then Two Future is kind of everything else, um, you know, future bass, house music, all of that stuff. So, um, you know, we're constantly working with artists to develop them, break them out in the industry. And then I also work. I started a management company recently, so. Um, through that, we're breaking out some artists um, and just bringing up that up-and-coming talent. Hello, my name is Brian Reed. I am the former founder of the Dankles Music Blog based in Chicago. And then I was a, a lead contributor for thissongisick.com. And now I recently started my own artist management and PR firm called Ronin with a partner of mine. Um, we dabble in everything from future bass and electro soul. We picked up Manic Focus everyone knows who he is from here, um, about a month ago. And uh, right now we're just laying down our spring and summer plans. But uh, yeah, also go to school at Columbia. So whoever goes to Columbia, shout out Columbia. Shout out Columbia. I know we talked about kind of what you do, but let's talk about how each of you help publicize artists, clients, you know, whether it's on the journalist side, the blog side, the publicist side. How do you guys give clients and artists exposure? Uh, so I'll start off with that being kind of different. We're on the venue side of things. So 
we don't necessarily have like set artists that we want to promote, but what we do is we call it education. So if we're bringing in like a talent, we bring in like a lot of people uh, that are kind of unknown and then we grow them in Chicago, you know, so there might be at an opening set at Spy Bar, like for instance, Patrick Topping, uh, he opened for Lee Foss last time he was here, but now, you know, he's grown hugely and that's, you know, part of us, what we do is we build him up in Chicago, especially now he has a headlining set next time at Spybar. So what we try to do and push out information in regards to educating the Chicago audience to, hey, these are why these artists are really good, um, really great artists that you should check out, even though if you might not know them specifically, but you know, overseas they're huge, you know, they're playing huge residencies in Ibiza. So it's something like, hey, we're bringing you this awesome underground talent, you know, get educated on why they're awesome and come check them out. So I'm a publicist. Um, I can help out artists by basically being able to provide them with a proper marketing plan and like the proper outlets they need to go to, to like gain more exposure. It's kind of hard for, you know, newer artists to be able to reach out to people at this song is sick and be like, yo, you should support my stuff. So I'll supply them with a very tentative and very particular type of marketing plan that matches like very up and coming to be able to execute it well. And also I do rebranding and branding and artist development included in it. Yeah, and then just to kind of capitalize on that and expand, I mean, you know, Brittany and I work together a lot with some of her artists and, you know, when she's trying to place the right outlet, you know, for their artists, you know, we're the ones that are kind of helping them push all that out. So um, whether it's just general coverage of music that's coming out or premieres, um, you know, where we kind of have the exclusive, you know, first release on that music, that's kind of like where we come into play. And, uh, you know, we're pushing it on all our channels. So like for us, if someone premieres a track through Run the Trap, that's either gonna get uploaded on our SoundCloud account, which has 200,000 followers on it. So we're gonna either upload it there or repost it there. Um, and then, you know, go up on like our Facebook and Twitter and all that too. So, um, you know, when you're working in the blog game, that's, that's a big part of it. Cause it's like either you're building the relationship with the artists and working directly with them, or you're working with publicists like Brittany or Brian that are, you know, passing that music over and we check it out. And, and that helps too, you know, as an artist, when you have a PR person like that to kind of like go to you know, people like us, because, you know, we do these blogs, it's like a smaller team generally. And when you're getting hundreds and hundreds of submissions in your inbox, like realistically, you can't listen to every single one. Like that's just how it is. Like we definitely check our inbox. We go through as much as we can, but it's hard to get through all of that. So, you know, when you work with people like this, I know that when they send me music, it's gonna be quality and, you know, kind of helps sort through you know, all the different noise that's kind of out there, so. To go off of what Adam and Brittany have already said, yes, like working for the song Sick, we would, I would, I would be handling clients like Pete Tong's releases, Kygo's releases, Skrillex's releases. So it's working with their management team, not even the artists themselves, and their publicists to get, to coordinate a schedule of what would we, what would we be supporting. And it would be going either on our SoundCloud or through their teams, but they wanted to make sure they wanted a solid, uh, release schedule for their tracks. So, so, so it helps what I do now because I've already brought up all the relationships I've had from just working with publicists and blogs back um, from, from those days until now. So now it's an easy transition to like figure out where I can place my artists in the exact type of channels that I want them for, not only for their premieres, but also the pickup part. Cause that's like probably the number one thing you have to know about, especially the plugging artists is where their music should be placed and how it should be placed. Because you can't be just plugging somebody like that does deep house stuff um, 
automatically going to the fader because the fader doesn't really do that much deep, deep house stuff unless you're a big artist. I would get this easy pickup. Mm -hmm. So it's all about finding placement for where you're trying to go with your music and then going from there, getting the context, making sure to not just hit up the info box at blogs, build a relationship with uh, a contributor, look at what a contributor has done in the past, the type of music he likes, mm -hmm. try to get like, um, tr uh, or try to follow them on Twitter, on Facebook, reach out and then build up a contact instead of just going through a regular info box, so. I'm hearing the word relationship a lot um, when we're talking about building these kind of projects and how important are relationships? I think people don't really realize that this is all a business of relationships. It's all about, like it's so cheesy to be like, it's all about who you know, but it is like, if you treat people well, things happen and if you don't, then they don't, like what role do relationships play in what you guys I do? step up. I mean, relationships are key. From everybody, from any publicist to artists that you meet out on the street or in, the, or in a nightclub or anywhere, it's key. Like, you don't know who you're going to be talking to that's going to transpire into something else later on. Like, for instance, like I just met a friend that, uh, that works for, that used to do uh, artist management, and I just spent him now, he does tour management for Alice in Wonderland, and I built that connect with him just through emails in the past, talking to him over the years, and it transpired to where he is now, so now I see him in a completely different light. So, no, relationships are very key to cement them. I mean, especially that's why, I mean, I go out as much as I can to catch out live, to catch live music, and then talk to other people while I'm out to just get a better, to expand my network, so that way I can keep building on more relationships, so I can help people out if I can. Yeah, and I would agree with that. I mean, it is a very relationship-focused, you know, industry, so that it is important to go out and meet people, you know, talk to them, make those connections, and, and help each other out, too. And I think that's a really awesome thing that, you know, the dance music community has, because a lot of this stuff is just startups, you know, it's like people are making beats at home, like, even blogs like us, like, you know, fully bootstrapped, like, not funded by anyone, like, we're just, you know, from the ground up doing that. And it's all about kind of working together, helping each other out where you can, and then kind of returning the favor. And then the great thing about it is, as you all work together and just build up, build each other up, then once you're all, you know, growing and on the top, it's like, hey, we're all here together, like we all did this, you know, and it's a team effort, so. Uh, and one thing I would say too is like, honestly, the way that you meet everybody in the industry, and well, at least the people that I work with, is being like the last ones at the nightclub. Uh, yeah. Like if you're there last, like I don't know how many PIMs, like th that's when you meet like the people who are actually meaningful. A, because they're easier, you know, everyone's a little bit loose. Uh, B, there's not as many people around. And C, it's just like they're super approachable, especially at like a place like Spy where there isn't really a backstage. Like you're next to the stage. Um, and two, just not to like don't meet people with the full intent on taking advantage of them. Like, hey, I'm going to send you my mixtape. Like just be a good person. Mm -hmm. like, like just be a cool person and just... Just like hang out and like yeah exactly like don't do that but like if you're an awesome person who's fun to hang out with then you know when you have a track like uh, Gio over there like sent me one of his tracks that's coming out or Alex sent it to me and I put it out to I just was like oh hey do you mind if I send this to like Ardalan over at Dirty Bird it's not like he asked me he was just like hey here's my song and I'm like wow shit this is really good uh, so I passed it along but it's not like you know, we met with the intention of like, you know, I'm gonna take advantage of this person. It's just like, hey, you're a cool person and it makes you wanna help that person out. Like seeing somebody that you just enjoy as a person succeed is like most beneficial to me. So if you're a good person, I mean, I think there's a saying like homies help homies. Like if you're good, yeah. like people help out, so. I agree on everyone's like perspective. I mean, yeah, relationships are basically our whole business. Like if I didn't have you guys, like, I wouldn't, I mean, I'd probably do something really different. 
And it's really nice because you can build really like like type of friendships off of them and still be able to work with them and like you not be like oh well I can't like chill with you because you know we only work together. No, yeah, it's like no, we're like homies. I could hit you up and like not talk to you in like three months, but then when we see each other and talk, you know, it's like nothing's happened. And I can be you know, really annoying with them. I can like blow them up and be like, yo, why haven't you posted my <laughs> But then when you, well, then when you see them out too though, <laughs> but you see them out and you like laugh about it. You know, it's not like, it's not like a work relationship. Then when you like see them actually out, yeah. you're just like, oh, hey, let's like just have fun. Yeah, usually I don't even bring it up when I'm out. And then I'll text people later and be like, oh, yo, by the way, exactly. uh, I forgot to say this. But that's like, that's what's awesome about it. It's, it really is, especially in Chicago, I feel like a huge, giant, like, kind of family almost. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. most yeah. yeah. And you should really value your relationships. Yeah. So like, like how Brian said, if you met someone who, I have people who are like, my intern example, I was like, she was at Coachella. And I was like, oh, just go and network as much as you can. Okay, I'll look for blogs. I was like, no, just look for anyone. And she said she met some fashion people. I was like, we could totally do stuff with that. We could have whoever, you know, dresses a certain way. If they have, like, a certain brand they really like and it's in that blog or on that fashion website, we can, like, build off that. There's always some type of connection. And it's really, to be honest, if people think highly of you and, like, people are just like, oh, they're a good person, that person's talking to someone else that you maybe want to work with and then gives a good word, you're like, eh. You know, it is 100%. A, you, who you know, how you treat people. And going back on that, I mean, it's also like, don't always just think about talking to like musicians. Like, you gotta talk to bookers, or promoters. You gotta talk to fashion people. Like she said, like, I mean, I've talked to TV people about placing people's music on, on, on programs for TV. Think about like any type of brand that's out there that wants to get into the music that's hot right now, which is electronic music. Mm -hmm. Go out there and network with them. Talk to them. You know the number one person who I've found that have actually the most connections are photographers. Yeah. Yes. Photographers know everybody. They have like access to everybody because, so they're honestly like, like if I want to take advantage of somebody, I just hit up my photographer friend. I'm like, hey, could you get me into this? Yeah. Because yeah, that's true. they're the no, ones all who. Of friends are like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the other thing to add on, like showing up late, that whole part, like don't be like the guy, the asshole who's like super drunk. Oh yeah, I don't even drink since I got in this industry. I stopped doing as many other things, and I cut back on the drinking. Wish I never was like a heavy drinker. Yeah, I, I, just don't make a fool of yourself. Which is easier said than done. So you know, we're talking about relationships, and then you know, for the artists or clients, like for the people that you guys connect with, whether from the venue side, the publicist side the, you know, the journalist blog side, what are you looking for in somebody that you want to work with or showcase? Like, what are those traits where you're like, I want to write about you, I want to book you, I want to represent you? How can people make themselves marketable to you? I can go off this, because I have a client in here, Owen Bones, yay. So I actually, when I work with artists, you know, I more than like I have a couple of really big artists that I've got really lucky to be able to work with, like G. Jones in Minnesota, but smaller artists like Owen Bones, you know, it's really nice to see artists that are like very into their own branding, very into their own creative side and like really want to be a part of stuff. So when I talk to artists, I get, usually give them a questionnaire. I knew Owen a little bit before the, signing him on. And I'll ask like one of the questions is like, why are you a musician? Like, why should people hear your music? Like, why do you make music? Like, what is your passion? You know, everyone has a reason. Like, tell me your childhood story. Like, where did music come about? And like, that's how I kind of like, not say base it, I guess, but that would definitely lead, that definitely like drives my interest into artists. It's like, you know, what's, what's about them? That's more than just the music they produce or make. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with that. I mean, for me, you know, as I mentioned, 
Um, I recently started a management company with a partner. And you know what I'm looking for is people that are unique and they're coming with their own individual sound, you know? So it's like, how many no type trap banger remixes are you gonna listen to? You know, whatever, like all that sounds the same. Like I'm looking for people that are original, unique, they have their own sound and you know, they're coming with their own unique flavor because that's how you're gonna stand out in the music industry. Like it's true, like you can come out with a Jack U take you there remix or whatever and it might get like some good play on SoundCloud, but like as an artist, you're not really gonna stand out from that because there's 50 other of those out there. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, that's you're not really gonna shine in that way. So I think really it's about being unique, you know, coming with your own sound and, and kind of like staying true to that, um, you know, all the way through that process. So, you know, it's, it can be hard at first as an artist to know what your sound is. Um, I think that can be difficult for a lot of people coming up, you know, you don't really know. You're experimenting with a lot of different things, you know, trying to figure things out. But I think when artists become really successful is when they've kind of honed their own sound and then they brand it as that, like, Snails is a perfect example. You know, he's got dirty vomit stuff, you know, whatever. Like, he's got that sound, and you hear it, and it's like, you know right away, like, yo, that's Snails, like, he's got that. And then you hear other kids trying to recreate that, and that's really, you know, as an artist, what's gonna take you to the next level is coming with your own flavor and, you know, executing on that. Yeah, like, as Adam said, like, I was on, the two people at This Song Is Sick worked, brought up Kygo, one of them, Nick, and then the other one brought up Snails from absolutely nothing. When I got on there, I had no idea who Kygo was, who Snails was. And that was like one of the first blog posts I ever did. To see what they've done now, and going off of what their instructions was, that's because they stuck to a one signature sound that they were the best at. They could propel at that sound and have other people pretty much mimic that sound and make, right. and make them stand out above the rest because that's what people are copying. Mm -hmm. And I'm, saying, I'm not, not saying you should just be going out copying people, you should not. You should definitely find your own sound. It takes a while to find your own sound. Like, but because like, when people ask me like, oh Brian, can you give me your feedback or something? Like, I don't know audio structures that well. I never took an audio engineering class or what that. So it's hard for me to tell you what your sound is. So I'm like, I need you to have somewhat of an idea for me to even get excited like what your sound wants to be so I can think about how you're gonna stand out in that because sure you can go through the tire training of trying to get on any hot remix package that gets out there, or go about like following like the um, the B port charts or doing the hype in blog thing. But I mean, that's only going to last you so long. I mean, that's not going to make you stand out. It's going to get you a lot of views really fast. But I mean, it's hard to to build a, build up a longevity off of that. So mm -hmm. it's all about really just finding your sound, standing out at that sound, and also working together with people that also do that sound as well. Artist collectives are huge now, nowadays. Like I remember this kid, uh, Brett Blackman from Moving Castles, I met him yeah. last year. And he told me the concept of Moving Castles and I was like, oh, that's gonna be like a lot of work, man. Like you're just gonna take a lot of hard work to get a collective across, over, he had a collective of overseas kids as well, yeah. this collective, and he is executed on that plan better than most people I know, or if, if not that. Like, and that's what it's all about, like working together with other people in your sound, building a nice, community of people and then bouncing ideas off the fellow artists that are in your genre. And one thing just to kind of capitalize or jump on top of what they said too is you have to remember like if you're in this to do this for like a living, this is like a business. And so your sound is your product. So if you've ever taken like any marketing class, the first thing they tell you is like the four P's of marketing and it's product, price, promotion, and place. 
obviously price isn't really anything you can control in this, but your product is your sound. So don't, you know, I have a lot of people who hit me up like before they have any original tracks working about like a logo or their branding or anything like that. Like work on perfecting your sound and your songs so you have something to show for, not just like a cool flashy logo and a cool, you know, you look really cool, but like you play crappy music. Like that's not, <laughs> like that's not gonna work because the second somebody sees you live, they'll be like, oh, this dude sucks. Like his logo's cool, but that doesn't like, mean You might have the deepest V in the club, but it's not, it's not, gonna, it's not gonna help you out in the long run. So what else, you know, we're talking, obviously this panel is really focused about how artists can stand out and we're, really, I think, touching on that, especially with like the originality, you know, coming with your own product, your own sound. But what else can artists or clients or creatives do? Because I think the, the dichotomy of where we're at right now is it's easier than ever to, to, to publicize what you're doing, or at least put it out there. But it's harder than ever to stand out because everyone can do it. So what else can artists or creatives or clients do to make sure that they are standing out? All right, I'll go first. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one thing like for our management company, we have like a four-tiered approach, and I'm not going to dig in it super deep, but I mean, one of the, you know, the key points is awareness, so I think we kind of touched base on that a little bit. And then the other part is like branding, so you do want to make sure that you are, you know, everything you're putting out comes off as like a cohesive, you know, part of your brand. So everything, you know, all the music you're putting out is an extension of, you know, you as an artist, so people know, like, let's say, for example, like, Kygo is a good example that I'm thinking of right now. You know, they, all of, like, his music, like, if you go to a SoundCloud, like, all of his album art's got, like, that same kind of layout. Like, you can kind of tell, right, when you see it, it's got that, like, you know, vibe, that kind of, like, sexy, you know, whatever vibe going with it. Um, you know, even, like, Autograph, you know, they do a really good job, like, of everything. Like, their branding is super on point. All their creative super on point. Um, you know, they've got the whole leave your, auto, leave your autograph, um, you know, slogan kind of movement thing going there. And, and that's kind of stuff that can really help you take to the next level because, you know, you've got the awareness, you've got the branding, but then you're also kind of creating a movement around the music that you're putting out. And that's the kind of stuff that really is going to, you know, take you to the next level. So one thing I realized down at South by Southwest, I went to all the panels down there, um, is people don't want to follow your brand, they want to follow your personality. So if an artist doesn't want to like put himself out there or herself out there in any sort of way, then they're going to like have a block. People aren't going to really want to get to know them and like think about all your guys' favorite artists. You literally get so excited when they put out like a personal like vine snap or like whatever, you know, you're like, oh my god, oh. So, you know, like going off of hike, you know, know your autograph, like that's a really good branding because people can like relate to it. Like, oh, here, this is how I feel. It's like a hashtag. It's like something literally they can like play off of or having like a vlog series, you know, having your personality out there is like, I believe, you know, a crucial thing and like being able to like really connect with your fans and want to connect with your fans. Your fans are really the only things that are going to make you anything. So if you don't have respect for them, if you don't have respect for your music and if you don't have re you know, respect for what they can bring you, then it's not really going to go anywhere. And that's, you know, kind of showcasing your personality. It's like showing them that you love them and that you want them to love you too. And so on top of that, outside of, so I know this is like the social media panel, but just meeting people in person too is huge. I mean, don't just all of a sudden expect like, oh, I have 10,000 followers on Facebook, but I don't know a single person in the Chicago industry. I'm going to send everybody my link and be like, hey, look at me. Like go to all the gigs you do, stay there until the end. Don't just dip out meet after your set. Afterwards. Meet your fans, meet the other people, the people who are uh, you're opening up for. 
uh, meet the people who like who are helping put the thing the show together say what's up to the artist liaisons and then afterwards follow up on social media you know thank mm -hmm. them on Twitter thank them on Facebook uh, anybody who does that like anytime I see something like that come across spy bar I'll retweet and I'll thank I'll post you know in the in the I see some artists in here giving the fist pump for that um, I'll even include them in like an email blast like if you have a personal connection with me I want to make I want to help you out like infinity and calendar are two examples at spy bar who they're good buddies of mine because of nightlife and we've kind of established this personal connection so uh, other local artists is kind of shitty for me to say but other local artists I don't include in the email blasts I leave them off certain places just because I, I don't know why I should promote yeah. them uh, but infinity and calendar because they're such awesome dudes and they go the extra mile for me when I need something and need help out uh, I go that extra mile for them. So definitely just like personal connections, I think is worth so much more than social media connections. Yeah. 100%. It's really interesting you say that. I mean, on my end, doing this podcast for the last like 10 years, we started doing live podcasts probably like four or five years ago. And we were putting out maybe like five or 10 podcasts in a week. But once we started bringing it out live, doing it at venues in front of people, it's like, it's a world of difference. It was night and day in terms of people. Because you can put out, 40 things online in a week, but if you get in front of people and find a way to connect with them, like we're doing here, it's a whole different level. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about what artists can do to stand out. What are some of the some of the kind of mistakes that artists or creatives or clients make that they should avoid? Yeah, Brian's like, me! <laughs> yeah. I knew it was coming. All right, so what should they avoid? Don't be so loud on social media, for Christ's sake. Like, there are some people that just go on rants about things that you shouldn't even really be talking about. And so, I mean, I understand you have an opinion, but just know your limits. Like, social media is a great thing, and also it's a curse. Like, it stays forever. People will remember it. Like, I, I've been in rooms with people that have said stuff about other people, and they, like, bring it up. And you think that you wouldn't remember. I'm like, oh, you shouldn't have said anything about it. It's easy, especially in this city here of Chicago. It's not as big as you think. Word will travel around really fast. So if you mess up, it will be known. If you do something, it will, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say, have respect. Also, do not expect, if you hit a blogger up, do not expect an instant turnaround within an hour, maybe by the end of the day. No, like we, like, like I said, I used to have to go through thousands of emails on submissions every single day. And it's just like, I'm trying to hit as much as I can. Obviously, some things get a little bit higher priority than other things. Right. But still, like, it's a trickle down thing. Like, if it didn't work out on this, on this release, Maybe next release. Keep sending. Keep yeah. letting me know what's going on. Like I do my best to look at my SoundCloud and to start following people that I like, like their music, so I can see what's going on, so I can know what they're doing. And I can, if, if I can be that bridge, connect you to where to to somebody else that will premiere your stuff or work with your stuff, then I will gladly do that. Um, but yeah, just those bugaboos. Don't just try to slide through. Just like slide in your DMs. Like yeah, like like don't hit me up. Like oh, can I get your? Can you direct phone me back? And then I like do it. And then like oh, can you uh, post this, repost this on the song? I'm like no, like I don't have that type of control. Like that's what that's one thing that sets that blog apart. Like they're very exclusive and hard. And that's coming from me that used to work there. It was a lot of struggle just trying to help people out and trying to get them pushed. But you know. Yeah. You win some, you, you, you win some, and you don't. Yeah, I mean, be persistent and you know, do that. But also, yeah, just don't be, don't be overbearing. And you need to understand that you know, other people, you know, it's not going to happen every time, like Brian said. But that doesn't mean it's not going to happen the next time. So.
Uh, I have a lot to say. So one, have realistic goals. I hate when I come up to artists and they're like, I want to be famous. Same, I want to have like five kids and like, you know, like a couple other things and <laughs> live like in three different houses. But like right now, that's not going to happen. So like I really get discouraged by artists when they come up to me and they're like, oh, I have this song. I want to get, like Brian said, on the fader. Cool. I can't do that. So I'm sorry, you know, like, can we, can we like reapproach this? So it's like having realistic, you know, expectations, realistic goals, you know, even if your song, I had one client, their video went viral one time. And so they hired me the next time so that it had a little bit more of a, you know, professional setup to it. And it didn't do any, near as well, but it wasn't anywhere near the same content. It was a tour recap. He had no video, he had no music out. Like it was just something he like put out after you know months of not putting anything out, and they got upset. He was like, "Why didn't it go viral?" Like, no, I you know bend over backwards, try to get it. If you really wanted to go viral, advertising. You know, like, sorry, I know this sounds shitty, but if you're gonna start something, you should have like a backup and like money set aside. Just you know? to jump into that too, and like you see people like Kai Kai Go is that Kai Go? Yeah. Sorry, I'm not into Tropical House. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Except for autograph. Um, <laughs> so, so, uh, Zoo, like those guys, but their marketing budgets are like obscenely high cost. Yeah. yeah. So they, it seems like these people like became famous like out of nowhere. But you're talking about an hey, insane amount of money behind them. Yeah. So and you're talking about people exactly. that that work with them behind them that are exactly. very influential to get them to where they are. <laughs> so that's that's like the great like thing behind electronic music now that it's like a corporate it's a corporate machine right now so it's it's bullshit but like you could break through but when you see these people now i mean martin garrix like what the fuck is that <laughs> but like you know he's making insane amounts of money because of this corporate machine so you could break through that's not to say you can't but you have to be realistic so just you do and you know going back to what he said having a budget you know what i mean like you can't expect people to do this for free i'm sorry like I know a couple people really got, a perfect example, Chance the Rapper. He did not get famous off of having no budget. I, you know, fortunately, his management, yeah, and, his, and his, his father were all really involved and had a lot of, you know, like donated to it or like supported it or whatever they did, but like they had that right state, like that right state of mind being like, oh, okay, we know how much this money, like how much money we should really put into this. Like if you want good quality, you should want to pay good quality, you know, like, Advertising, marketing, no. you know, graphics, graphic everything. designer, just a publicist, having a manager, a just having a t it's all about your team. And, and, and especially when squad. building squad, yeah. yes, squad. And if you have a good, and your squad is pivotal yeah. to your success, don't just bring people in that are buddies that you think they could just do this role for you, get done. No, because that could easily backfire because they are your representation. Who represents you out in public. If that person is not doing it for you out in public and getting what you need to do, you have to know when to say goodbye, yeah. cut them loose, find someone better. So can I jump in too and ask actually a question for you guys? What do you guys think about also, because I mean a lot of people starting up don't have a budget. So for me personally, I think like teaching yourself as much as you can possibly learn as well. Uh, do you guys yes. think that that no. works? I mean, I mean people just gotta be a jack of all trades at this point. Like, yeah. no, Owen. you cannot do Owen one role. Yeah, you cannot do awesome. one role anymore. That doesn't survive. Like, you have to be a jack of two, three, four trades. Like, you should be aware just too. be, or at least be aware, and at least be to know that if you don't know how to do it, you have someone 
that you know that get that job done well. I think it's really well. important. This is something I talk about with my with my students who maybe you know they're college age and they don't have a budget or they don't have the team yet. They don't have the squad yet. But it's like something you can do is you can find you know creative collaborators and it's like you know what, if I do HTML coding and I can make a website but I can't do video, and then they can do video, then you, you can find that creative trade. So there's, to me, money's not the only currency. It's like you can have a creative. No. Yeah, you can trade. I mean, yeah, you can do some fair trade agreements easily. To be honest, and when you first start out, I believe that every person who wants to get in the music industry should intern somewhere. Yes. you have to do bitch work, and if you don't, I feel like no. you have no idea what this is about. And you, that you don't understand like the process or respect the process. Like fake. But one Side note, if you know how to do coding, you should like link with everyone because that is like the to God currency. <laughs> like I wish I could code. So we're gonna open it up to like audience questions in about five minutes or so, give or take. Kind of what parting advice would you give before we open it up to this awesome crowd that came out tonight? Thank you guys all for coming out. You know, what haven't we hit that we need to make sure that artists and creatives know about in terms of really putting themselves out in the world? Be patient. Don't expect overnight or fast success. It's a slow-moving process. Is five years. Yes. That's fast. Like it's like like it, honestly like just be patient. Just do like the proper networking. Get especially get the proper production. Get your sound in and dialed in. And once you have that dialed in, and you've built a little community or network or collective of your own, go out from there. But you know, be patient in everything. It will come in due time if you're really passionate about this. It's if not, good. yeah, and if your music's right. good, like go off that. And also just don't get stuck up on what, I guess like social media stuff where like people are like saying negative stuff about your music. Like people get like trolled in comments all the time. And then I know artists like, big artists that you wouldn't think would care about what anybody says about them. It's like, oh my God, this person said this about my track or yeah. this is like, so, so I'm like, dude, just don't care. Like, is it, did you do it? No, then don't care what other people think. Like just yeah. do what you have to do and you know, just, be open to as much as you want to be, and don't just bring everything in as well. Like, like find your groove and go from there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially from an artist standpoint, you know, the haters never sleep, so they're gonna be out there. It is what it is. But um, as far as music, putting out music and stuff goes, I feel like quality over quantity is a really good way to kind of look at things. You wanna make sure that like you're putting out the best of the best because when it's out there, it's out there. And that is, you know, how you're presenting your brand and your music as an artist. Um, so, you know, make sure that you're not just throwing tracks out there just to get, you know, some plays on your SoundCloud and try to grow your account, whatever you know, keep it quality. If you have a track and you make it and it's like not that hot, don't put it out. Make another track, you know, wait a little bit longer and put it out. Like obviously it's important to stay relevant and consistent with the music you're putting out, um, but just don't rush out anything just to put it out. I mean like one great example, um, my homie Mickey, his, he goes as REA, he's from Chicago. He's got an album coming out on Owsla soon. Dude, dude's got two tracks out. He's put two tracks out. He put out a Trophies remix that got like three million plays on SoundCloud. And then he's got the Lawnmower, um, which got picked up by a lot of different people too and got a lot of plays. He hasn't put out anything in a long time. And he just he's just very picky about what he puts out. But it still has worked out for him because those tracks that he does put out, all the artists play them out. Everyone continues to listen to it. And when you have people like What's So Not and like even like Excision and stuff playing that stuff out live, even if it's like came out three months ago, they're playing it live, like that makes it relevant still. And that adds that longevity, which then goes back to your brand. So 
Um, I think that's really important too because a lot of artists just put stuff out, put stuff out, put stuff out because then their SoundCloud numbers go up and they get all the plays and you know that's part of the adrenaline rush too, right? Is like getting the, play, the interaction and the plays and all that stuff. But like sometimes like take a step back, make sure that everything you're putting out is super quality and you're doing it in a strategic way. I agree on that completely. I also believe in continuous and like strategizing with everything. So a good example, you know, if you're gonna be playing at Coachella and then you decided to release your Coachella mix now, you know, that's a little bit irrelevant. Um, you should have planned it out better. So having consistency, strategizing with your music, and to be honest, you can make beats, you should be, we do not have this back in the Roman, like back in our old times, you would have to apprenticeship somewhere for seven years before you would become like, you know, like that would be your job. And then you would have mastered it by now. So practicing, make beats every day, make something every day, like do something with your craft every day. Your, your brand, your career, everything like that matters so much and what you put into it will come out. So my suggestion, my closing statement is, you know what I mean, like plan out six months in the head, make music. You know, even if you, we decide not to put it out, the fact that you still have that and maybe in six months from now, like, you know. Bootleg pack, <laughs> bootleg pack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back Chance the Rapper, they made that airplane song a year yeah. and a half ago. Yeah. That just came out. Yeah. A year and a half ago, I heard that shit. Yeah. So, you know, like, it's okay to hold it. Just because you release some, just because you made something right now and you think it's awesome, don't release it yet. Strategize with it. See if it's perfect. Can you make it better? You know, like, how should you release it? You know, what should go behind it? You know, strategize, plan. My, uh, my closing statement is don't, like, follow the trends. Like, yes. don't literally just do something because that genre or that style is getting attention. Uh, literally do what you want, what you like, what actually, like, comes to you. Don't, because, I mean, seriously, how many people in this room, I'm going to do a raise of hands, were making dubstep, like, Come on. four or five Be years honest. ago. Who was making dubstep? Exactly, exactly. Who now making who's making dubstep? dubstep? Now no, who's making dubstep? <laughs> Nobody. I would say I used to think about trap when dubstep was happening, I'd be like, man, I wish they would put more hip hop in it. Damn, trap. Like, and I'm from Columbus, Ohio, so we did not have that shit, okay? So just do whatever comes to you that like you think makes sense, not because you want it to gain traction and be heard, just because that's actually something that you enjoy and that you want, that like comes out of you mm -hmm. in a non-sexual manner. <laughs> awesome, so. <laughs> That's, that's as good a place to leave it as any. So um, I'm the chief of operations of All Trap Nation. We have like 1.4 million followers. Um, I know you. Yeah, All Trap know, Music, I yeah. I've hit you up. It's all all yeah. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? We, we are uh, pretty busy. I track but. all my emails. <laughs> I track all my emails. So if she I really you, does. She'll get on your case about it. I know everything. No, I use apps. She's sneaky. Secret. She's sneaky. If you want it, you have to come to me. I'm not even so kidding. I know that channel. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you guys, um, what is your opinion on um, taking money for submissions for tracks? Um, Ooh, that is do it if you guys never. do it? I got a good never. one. Never. <laughs> never. I work in hip hop, and hip hop, that is very Very relevant. true. I twerk music. Like, you know, um, yeah. all uh, world star hip hop, literally for just a get securing your place on like an upload is seven hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. I personally don't believe in it. I see the point, you know. I see why people do it. Like guys like you and guys like Adam, you know what I mean? Like how do they make money? 
outside from advertising, you know, but. Oh yeah, no, no I'm we I, don't. I was just example. All Trap Nation saying, doesn't take any uh, money. People who get our media content. Um, you know, but I personally don't believe in it. I feel like if you are, you know, good enough at your job, good enough at branding, you can find alternative routes, whether it be going and doing like events, whether it be sponsorships, you know, endorsements, stuff like that, working with bigger brands, you know, to like, like a good example with him, don't you work with Emma Week now? So now you guys are also, aside from being a media content and publisher, you guys do events. So you got, now they're making a different revenue, but their brand is still getting out. So I personally don't believe in it, yeah. but it's also, I mean, depending on the industry you're in, if you're in hip hop and you don't charge, like, uh. Like, and if you don't disclose that you did charge for that post, it's actually illegal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, true. yeah. True. I mean, we, we won't, we refuse to do that because I feel like you kind of lose all credibility on, at that point um, when you're accepting money for, Submissions or whatever, like we get emails daily, you know, all the time, like, yeah, 500 bucks for a repost, whatever. And it's like, that's tempting because 500 bucks for me to click one button on SoundCloud. But like at the same time, like that devalues our brand because when we're posting music, especially on our SoundCloud, like that's stuff that we enjoy. That's, you know, we are tastemakers in the industry and it's our responsibility to kind of serve up the best content that's out there. That's why people read the website, yeah. you know? Um, so, you know, when you start accepting money for submissions and stuff, then you just get, you know, low quality content on your channel that yeah. people don't care about. You know, there is a company out there that does that and I don't, I'm not really on their SoundCloud because it's half of it's garbage. So, you know. Plus, I mean, like, it's, it goes into, like, what exactly are you buying with that money? Like, what's that $500 going to get you? Because I've seen the case where people have spent $500 to get a track on, and that track, 5,000 plays, you get a link, and that's it. Like, is it going to get you, no, like, a, like, a few thousand followers? No, this is going to get you. You spent the money, you had the money on there, you put it out there, and that's what you got. You got that repost, and you got the upload. But, I mean, I just do not get down with that policy. I understand that people need to make their money. I get it, but there's smarter there's ways to do ways. it. And yeah. you need to think about those Where smarter ways guys? to do it. <laughs> hey guys, um, my question is uh, kind of, I, I have a little bit of perspective on both sides of it. Um, a little bit about me. I used to write for Do Android Stance back when that oh, was Oh, rest thing. in peace. Yeah. Awesome. Rest in peace. Um, RIP. Um, uh, and I contributed to them for about a year, and then uh, obviously that ended via Complex, and now I'm doing PR with two other writers from Do Android Dance, Nappy and Brent. Um, and I know how I kind of preferred it when I was writing for Do Android Dance, when people would hit me up and like want to establish that connection and like pass me music on the regular. I knew kind of what I was looking for, but at the same time I wasn't fielding thousands of submissions a day. Um, and now that I'm doing it from a PR standpoint, I'm also noticing that there's a lot of turnover with blogs, especially right now. Like a lot of people are jumping from blog to blog or aren't uh, at an outlet for very long. So I guess my question for you guys, and it's for all four of you, is how do you prefer to uh, either establish the connection with a writer or as a writer, how do you prefer that someone reach out and establish that connection with you, uh, especially when like meeting in person like this isn't always an option. <sighs> I mean, I, I, I can go. I mean, <laughs> I, it just depends on how you do it. To be honest, I mean, 
I hate when people like just yeah. It depends on that person's personality and honestly sometimes the mood that I'm in at the time. <laughs> like if they hit me up on Facebook, I see that they friend requested me, and immediately the first thing they do is just send me a SoundCloud link saying, "Hey, could you repost this?" I'm like, "No, like no, like at least get to know me at least like see how I'm doing for that day." But I mean, I understand that that's sometimes a strategy. But I mean, no, I mean it's just. I, I'm, I'm, I'm more receptive to if you just talk to me like a human being. Treat me outside of music like a regular human being right. and just talk to me like a human being, get to know interests. I mean, I don't mean, mean you have to wine and dine or anything like that. No, you do not. It's like I'm a cheap date. I mean, none of us are really that special. No. Like, so. <laughs> I totally am. So, like, but, like, it's not, like... I'm not, if you see me anywhere out, like, don't treat any, I, I, I personally, I yeah, well, I'm not different, like, I hang out, like, you'll see me at, like, 4 a.m. in a very bad form sometimes, <laughs> like, but, I mean, some of you have, I saw you guys at the Soul Clap party, that was not, oh, that, that, was, <laughs> that was not good, but so, like, just approach us how you would in any manner, even in, like, Facebook, email, anywhere you are, like, just like how you would if you saw me somewhere and you're like, hey man, like how do I get booked at Spy Bar, let's say. Like you wouldn't come up to me and just say that out of nowhere. So why would you ever send a message like that? It would be like, hey, let's establish a reputation, like let's have a little bit of rapport. Right. Let's hang out a couple times. I don't know, that's just me personally. And I'm not really in the PR. Like I just send, I all my PR requests come through a personal connection. So it's, you know, when I send, like we, we're doing a partnership with Thump right now for our Detroit movement after parties. And the way that I got through with them was uh, I worked at BPM, and they were like our main partner for there. So it's like, hey, all my person, all of my PR requests come through personal relationships, and that's to me like, it's just once again, homies sell homies. I can play off that. So I come from the PR side, and basically, I will take like three hours out of my day, if not more, to just search and like find people, like see who's writing, see what styles I need, you know, and like I literally will read like three different articles of theirs, comment on it, like it, share it, then add them on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, you know, try to find their email, message them and introduce myself. Like, hey, yo, I'm Brittany, I'm a publicist, I just wanted to just, you know, say hi and introduce myself and see, you know, just like, what's up? And like not hit them up about anything. Usually I'll do that weeks in advance. So I'm not going to be like, hey, I'm going to call you tomorrow, okay? No, like I'll hit them up, wait a couple days, have them respond, us talk a little bit, I even ask sometimes uh, writers, you know, like, what do you like writing about? Like, what, what's your favorite music? Who's your favorite artist? Like, you know, I literally want to get to know him. Like, one good example is Nathan of this uh, Ear Milk. I, you know, started to connect with and when I was out in L.A., I literally was like, oh, my God, let's go to this show together. Let's hang out. Like, and we just vibe. We didn't talk about anything. I had, like, a release coming out with him. We didn't bring it up once, and we just, like, hung out the whole night, and it was really cool. And now, like, I feel like, you know, I have a, a personal bond with him. And so I can like hit him up in a more freely manner. Like literally my PR technique is very homey like. I literally call everyone homey or like homegirl or baby girl or like something like that. Like <laughs> I don't even call you your name unless I'm like talking to you directly like, you know what I mean? Like on the phone or something like that. Or like if I need to say your name. Yeah, there's a strategy behind it. That's yeah, I mean there's all, there's always strategy behind it. And I don't mean like in like a bad way if we're just strategizing to get to know writer. No, but like we want to get be, like, get yeah. comfortable with it and then go exactly. from there. Exactly, and that, uh, it's all the relationship factor thing that we've been talking about. And then another thing about it too is kind of what Brian was saying earlier about, you know, not being too like overly aggressive too, right? So it's like, and that people remember like, 
when you do kind of negative things. So it's like if some kid friends you on Facebook, then like instantly send you a SoundCloud link and he's like, check this out. Like for me, I'm just kind of like, all right, that kid's annoying. Like I'm not, he, you know, you kind of write that person off really instead of like approaching it in a more softer, you know, way. So. Hey guys, my name's Brandon Hello. Hammer. Thank hey, you Brandon. so much. Long time listener, first yes, time caller. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing all this with us. There's been so many different backgrounds and perspectives that he almost wiped out the mic. So thanks for that. One of the topics that we touched on briefly was the idea that you kind of have to be a jack or a jill of all trades. And there are a variety of mediums or a variety of channels or a variety of skill sets that you have to cultivate, show interest in, dig under, and kind of get into. Um, there's two really good examples here in this room. Scott Drassler is a phenomenal photographer, but he also is a great event planner and a performer. He DJed my brother's wedding. Danny Deal is a phenomenal DJ. Yeah. However, yeah. however, she also is major squad supporting her family and friends. In addition to, she gave a great TED talk and and writes a ton of, yeah, and writes a ton of content. So could you guys reflect a little bit, not just talking about the skill sets, but also maybe some mediums, some best practices of different channels, maybe things that the early on artist or creator or entertainment individual might not be aware of, but that if they were to get into it now, could really pay off for them in the long run? Be careful on SoundCloud. Be careful on SoundCloud. With what you label your stuff, be very wise. Oh, yeah, we, they, they we, 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 I can speak to this personally because I had to go through the hell of getting to this song, this song six SoundCloud account taken out. And that's when we found out that our SoundCloud account was the number one biggest SoundCloud account on all the system. And they took it down. We had to go through clearing off, I think, 40, 40 strikes on the account. And this is because we didn't get any of the strikes because our account was uh, whitelisted by every single label and it just built up over a five year period of stuff that we just, people labeled as it being official or being official remix and then we came back to bite us and they will come after you hard. And it's hard to get that removed. Oh it my is God. A, it is a- Clearing, clearing copyright strikes are like is, the hardest thing Cause to you do don't have like, to just no go- No matter how yeah. well connected you are, like yeah. it's so hard because you're going through like the manager who connects you to the label, then you go to the label who connects you to the other guy at the label and then they're trying to figure it out. And it's like, it takes a month to get like a, a SoundCloud strike removed from your account. And that's that's if you're like connected enough to, yeah, where, to like, even know how to you get know, it done. We had like a turndown for what remix on our account. And like we hit up DJ Snake's manager, he passed us on to Sony. And like that was great. But it's like if you're smaller, like you don't even have that like connection. And you know, you're just kind of, you know. So just be mindful well. of the so, content that you upload, especially on yeah. SoundCloud, because they are going through a whole reorg with what they are approving. They will. They swipe, they swipe down, they swipe down quickly now. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm, I always just be wary, like if you can get, if you, if, especially if you can get it official, it's tight, like it's very good. But yeah. I mean, be sure to just be careful what you put up on there. Yeah, that's okay. one thing. But that's, to get back on your question though, yeah, like, um, a good I have, medium I have some would tips be too on that. like, if you know how to code or if you know how to do graphic design, if you know how to, to like, you know, film direct, you know, I had one artist that was a film director, so he had a really creative mind and could be able to write out like storylines of his like, you know, 
uh, either his the music video or whatever tour we had on. It was very, you know, kind of lucrative almost because of how much story and like personality was in it. So like a good example is Danny. You know, Danny is a hypen blog, so she can utilize the fact that she's a hypen blog and you know support these other artists and then as well get support back. You know, and like that's not the way she got big because she's a talented musician, but it helps. You know, it, it was a good way to, for her to even hear about different types of music, for her to be able to connect with different types of people, to other publicists, and see what's going on. So if, you ha if, if you're just a musician, it's like, what else could I do more? Okay, well, there's lynda.com. You can learn any type of thing on lynda.com. It's awesome. You can learn to illustrate, Photoshop, everything. You could just learn how to do videography just because obviously you can't like personally do it, but you know, like you could have a direction in it. You could learn PR. Like I had an artist that was doing PR, you know, as like uh, and side by side, and just to learn it, you know. So just anything that you kind of like have interest in. Like personally, me, I've started to learn like Photoshop and stuff like that, just so I could be more resourceful to my clients, you know. And like uh, one thing I do is I like take time to like look up venues or look like look up stuff that maybe isn't particularly towards my you know career right now but it could maybe be resourceful later you know i've done bookings i've done management i've done all this stuff you know like i've, I've had my fair share in things it's like just try everything you don't know and like knowing as an artist or as you know another musician or um, a music person like a music business person knowing everything in that music in, in, in our industry is useful. So I can know about licensing, I can know about copyrights. So I'm not fooled and I'm not fucked over in the end. Definitely, so just like high level style, like if you have a DJ name, pick one that is very like SEO friendly. Like I know I have a lot of DJ name, like one dude had like four parentheses before and after his name and like, like when you search that though, like you can't, you can't tag that on Facebook, you can't search that. So it's a very like high level thing. Make sure you pick and don't like one guy, uh, we're doing a loft party with Mr. C, like finding him on the internet is so incredibly hard. He's been in the game for like 30 years though, so he's, you know, before that SEO generation, but just making sure that your name is something that you can get the rights to in terms of like a website domain, the Facebook account, uh, it's easily searched. And then also, I mean, you could do something as easy as, uh, on a very technical side, set up a WordPress website. That is the Tumblr, easiest yeah. thing. Oh yeah, Tumblr, these kids on their Tumblrs these days. <laughs> uh, they got famous. But so, but so, just and link everything together. Like on WordPress, there's so many awesome plugins, uh, like Yoast SEO plugin, where you can control every aspect of SEO on your blog within like three clicks. Uh, you could set up like the preview images on Facebook because everything on Facebook is imagery, and also now on Facebook as well, video content uh, yeah. is a huge right. factor. And like Twitter. Right, so. Yeah, and Twitter now too. So yeah. video stuff and Periscope. We've been periscoping oh. this, this panel. Tonight. Oh, we've been periscoping. Yeah. Periscope. Come to Android in photo. When are we going to come yeah, to Android? Photo. I mean, and I agree. I mean, I think as an artist, it's important to understand every single channel mm -hmm. and kind of have a different approach for every single one, right? So it's like, for Facebook example, you know, he mentioned video. Like right now, Facebook's trying to compete with YouTube, so video content gets a lot more reach. So that means like, if you're you know, engagement on your Facebook page is kind of low, you might want to instead just directly upload your video to your Facebook page versus like linking to a YouTube mm -hmm. link, stuff like that. You know, making sure that, you know, on Facebook you keep your engagement rate up. So, you know, every week 
if, if users aren't engaged on your Facebook page and then you know, they're gonna fall off the next week. So you wanna make sure that you're constantly keeping people engaged, which is gonna in turn you know, grow your reach but and don't then, be the meme guy. Yeah, don't be yeah, the meme guy still. That's people. don't be the meme so guy. Warrior is hella hype, and he posts the best memes. Yeah, but he's. <laughs> I'm not even. We're not talk talking about, about memes, that, and that's Same. part of it too, though. It's like it's like putting up content that's relevant to your brand. Like you don't want to just you know, put up a random meme about Michael Jackson or something when you're. I don't know. You know, it just doesn't make sense. So, you know, it's 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 keeping your strategy aligned with your brand, but also, you know working the algorithm or working how, you know, those channels work the best way you can. Hey, uh, I'm Trentino. Um, Yo. The uh, Trentino. Yeah. So what role, if any, do you think live performance and live shows have uh, in dance music? Oh, so important. Oh, my fucking God. Like, sorry to cuss. I you can like, totally I feel like it's completely cuss. important. If you are just standing up there being boring and like not dancing, not really involved, like maybe not incorporating live instruments, maybe not incorporating how you actually make those sounds, I find it very boring. I feel like everyone's done it, and it's like what we said earlier, you want to be unique, you want to stand out. So I feel like if you can incorporate your live performance into your brand, it's awesome, and you have actually a upper hand in it. And I think, too, especially, like, with what you do, you gain so much more attention because, like, you're not standing on the decks pumping yeah. your fists, like, dancing around to your music. Like, the fact that being in the crowd and doing a live performance piece, like, these dudes at Spy Bar, uh, Mia Wallace, broke out a didgeridoo. And <laughs> literally, in their live set, broke out a didgeridoo. And it was, like, one of the things that, like, that's so obscene that, like, people are like, what the hell is going on? Like, is this the Ricola guys in here? And people uh, want to come to your but show. But not only that, but, like, from a social media activity perspective, like, people took a whole bunch of photos. And, like, working the castle's social media, when I saw you break out all of your live instruments, I mean, social media activity goes through the roof for that because people yeah. aren't used to seeing that at castle. Um, people aren't used to seeing a didgeridoo at Spy Bar. Uh, or, I guess, in general, anyway. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter and, where you are. And I agree, but. too. I think, like, standing out with your live performance is a really good way to, um, you know, make your existing fans appreciate you that much more, but also, like, convert new fans. Like, I know um, there's a Chicago-based artist. His name's Kofrezi. He, uh, yeah, Kofrezi. He, um, he's the drummer for Prop Cause as well. But, oh, like, so awesome. shout out Prop Cause. Yeah. yeah. Shout out Prop. And um, his live setup is insane. Like, if yeah. you go see this kid live, like, he's doing, like, live drums, like, awesome. all this different live stuff. And, like, I know he played at, like, Still Dream Festival this year. Not a lot of people knew who he was. And, like, after his set, everyone was going out to him, like, yo, that was insane. Like, my mind's blown. Like, you got a new fan. Like, so that's a great way as well. If you're bringing, like, a unique element to your live performance to, you know, increase the appreciation from your current fans, but also, you know, grab new fans in the process. Yeah. It's like why, I mean, people are just getting tired of people sitting there just, that, right. like, they want more than that now. It's, it's the direction of where it's going because, I mean, Music, I mean, our music has evolved so much, so much in such, I mean, not really a small amount of time, but like the last five years have just been like, whoa, like packed in. So now everyone's trying to find their different niche, like autograph with you guys, down now bring in the whole kit set and whatnot. You have, yeah. you guys are killing it. <laughs> it's like, so I mean, everyone's trying to find, yeah, everyone's just trying to find uh, a different groove. And if you can provide something, you know, to make, to make your set even more special and more, Say uh, uh, stand out, stand like out a little rest, more. That's you know? I mean that's the best you can do and best hope. Learn the didgeridoo. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my words of advice. All right, we're gonna wind it down. Um, I really want to thank 
Joe Calderon from Calderon Marketing, Brittany Bowen from Side by Side PR, Adam Hirsch from Run the Trap, Birthday Boy, Brian Reed from uh, Ronin uh, Management and PR. Thank you guys so much for taking an hour up here. This is fantastic. Thank you Let's for start Thank you to Public Hotel, Library Bar, um, Laura Medica and Gray, and the whole staff here for hosting us. Um, Michael Wing from Autograph for making all this happen. My name is Haima Black with Dynasty Podcast. And thank you to everyone who came out and everyone who's listening to this later. Thank you. This has been the Dynasty Podcast panel cast series. Thanks to Joe Calderon, Brian Reed, Adam Hirsch, and Brittany Bowen for being on the show this week. You can find more live podcasts and panels at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Hyman Black, Dynasty Descend.